Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Food Culture Curious. On this week's episode, we sit down with my friend and registered dietitian, Michelle Salinas. She talks to us about her Mexican heritage, as well as her niche, helping busy professionals achieve sustainable weight loss. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome to Food Culture Curious. My name is Areli. I'm a registered dietitian on a mission to help healthcare professionals become more culturally competent with their nutrition recommendations. Today I have with me dietitian Michelle Salinas, who has 10 years of experience in the nutrition space. By day, she's a renal dietitian and she owns a virtual weight loss practice. Today she's going to talk to me a little bit about her food culture. Welcome. Hi, how are you, Arely? I'm good. So Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So y'all don't know this, but I actually met Michelle working as a renal dietitian in Devita. And now we get to talk about food and all the things that we like to do. We're both trying to build our private practices and it's been uh, it's been fun so far. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Tell me a little bit about what food cultures you identify with. So I identify with the Mexican food culture. I am first gen, but I have family in San Luis Potosí, in Zacatecas, Mexico City, and I try to visit them pretty much everywhere. So there's a big variety of different foods from each region that we're from. Awesome. Well, happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Thank you. Likewise. Did you do anything to celebrate? Not yet, but maybe tonight. <laughs> sounds good. All right, so tell me a little bit about the foods that you grew up with, particularly um, protein, starches, and produce. Okay, so we do eat a lot of vegetables, uh, more so in my family, right? So coming from a background where my great-grandparents uh, were farmers and ranchers, uh, we grew up eating lots of vegetables like beans, um, calabacitas, which is a type of squash, lots of tomatoes, green tomatoes, red tomatoes, onions, garlic, radishes. Uh, cactus as well, carrots, cucumber, all kinds of chili peppers. There's like a huge variety of them, uh, cabbage and avocado. So we also do a lot of fruits, limes, papaya, watermelon, cantaloupe, bananas, oranges, coconut, pineapple, mangoes. As far as protein goes, uh, we didn't grow up eating a lot of beef or pork, um, but we did eat a lot of chicken, a lot of fish, seafood. Um, but most of our protein, I would say, came from like things like beans, cheese, peanuts, because uh, we didn't eat a lot of meat growing up. As far as starches go, tortillas, of course, uh, Mexican rice, corn, potatoes, black beans, pinto beans. What kind of tortillas did you guys have? Um, so depending on where you're from, right? So like from San Luis Potosí, we'll do corn tortillas. Um, and then in Zacatecas, for breakfast, we do flour. And then the rest of the day, you do corn. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Can you tell me a little bit about um, any famous dishes or sides from these areas of Mexico? Oh, of course. Of course, the taco, right? <laughs> any kind of taco, any kind of meat, um, or even veggie. Um, so from San Luis Potosí that we have this famous dish called a uh, um, enchilada potosina, which a lot of people don't recognize it. It's basically in the corn masa, they make it with a lot of chili flavors. Um, so kind of like enchilada, but 
they go ahead and make it kind of into a taco, stuff it with cheese, and you fry it, and it is so delicious. Uh, they serve that with like corn and potatoes and a little bit of uh, salad on the side. Um, so that's regional to San Luis Potosí. As far as Zacatecas goes, um, you know, we do a lot of um, moles. Mole is a rich sauce made of like chocolate, uh, fresh chiles, nuts, seeds, and the flavors can vary, right? You can have uh, green, yellow, or red. We usually do red there. What would you say are some typical spices, cooking oils, and cooking methods? Um, so <laughs> personally, I use olive oil, but that's more of like my Americanized dietitian side. Uh, typically in Mexico, they do use corn oil, or vegetable oil to cook with, um, spices, my goodness, so many different types of chiles, chile de arbol, guajillo, jalapeño, tajín, um, Mexican cinnamon, cumin, coriander, achiote, we even have our own Mexican oregano, chile ancho, garlic, uh, Mexican vanilla for sure, onion powder, and smoked paprika. Everything tastes <laughs> good, Yeah. <laughs> We like to really flavor our food, right? Mm-hmm. What are some typical desserts and drinks that you enjoy? So desserts, flan is going to be my favorite. It's an egg and vanilla custard and topped off with caramel. It's so delicious. I pretty much get it. Um, if I go to any kind of a Mexican restaurant, they say that their flan is good. That's my dessert. Uh, maranitos, which is like this pig-shaped ginger sweetbread. I love, love those. Those definitely remind me of my childhood. I'll have that with like a cup of coffee and oh my God, it's, it hits the spot. Um, I actually went to a, like a Hispanic market that they had, the one they told me about. Mm-hmm. And they had earrings that were shaped like little marranitos and I was like, oh, Michelle would really like them. <laughs> They're cute. Yes, yes. I'll probably wear them. <laughs> as far as drinks go, um, I love limonada, which is basically limeade right made with limes um nice and refreshing uh aba de jamaica which is a hibiscus flower iced tea is also really good and refreshing on a hot summer day agua de melon can't forget that one right which is cantaloupe water um there's even a famous song on that <laughs> we have songs about everything all the all the foods and all everything <laughs> we really do so like I mentioned, you know, right now it's Hispanic Heritage Month and there's going to be um, a lot of cultural holidays coming up. Are there any that you partake in? Is there anything um, you do for them? Like, do you celebrate Dia de los Muertos, anything like that? So I don't celebrate Dia de los Muertos, but it is a beautiful thing. I actually went to Mexico City last year to see Dia de los Muertos and it's such a beautiful um event that they do. Um, However, my family does not partake in it. Um, But for Christmas, man, Christmas is our favorite. We make tamales, um, we'll make buñuelos also, definitely make ponche navideño, which is a hot tea consisting of different fruits and spices. So it's like a hot fruit punch. Uh, Don't knock it till you try it, right? Um, And on New Year's, we do a shrimp seafood spicy shrimp seafood um caldo sorry and um and then we'll also do pozole which is a meat stew made with hominy and spices do you guys do the 12 grapes 
We do the 12 grapes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we definitely do that. And then Three Kings Day, because then even after New Year's, we have Three Kings Day, right? Which is January mm -hmm. 6th. And we do the Rosca de Reyes, which is a traditional sweet bread um, in the shape of an oval where they'll hide a plastic baby inside of the bread. And that's another long story, but... <laughs> Um, what do you guys do for whoever gets the baby? So tradition says that you're supposed to throw a party and make tamales, but we don't do anything with it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. We have someone, um, they're in charge of like the next family get together. Yeah, that's cute. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you for sharing about, you know, your experience. Everyone is a little bit different, you know, even, um, though we're from Mexico, Regionally, it's always going to be different. It's always like hearing about how other people celebrate and what dishes you guys grew up with. Um, but if it's okay, I'd like to talk a little bit about healthcare now. So as far as the populations that you work with, both, you know, in the renal space and your private practice, um, I know you offer a lot to the Hispanic population. What are some challenges that you feel that the Hispanic population faces? Okay. So I feel like we have a lot of challenges, right? The first one would be there's a big stigma behind Mexican food being fattening and unhealthy. And it's even to the point where we believe it ourselves, right? Um, yeah. So then we start denying our cultural foods to assimilate to the American culture, but we don't recognize that our foods are healthy as well. Um, and that's kind of based on, right, certain dishes, some of the restaurants that you see here, the Mexican food is a little greasier, right? But that's not the food that you see when you go back to Mexico. That's also not the food that you see when you go into someone's home, right? right? Um, so we use a lot of vegetables, lots and lots of vegetables. We use a lot of fruit as well. And the majority of our food is made from scratch. Um, mm -hmm. Another challenge that I see is only 6% of dietitians are of Latino background right? Which means there are very few of us who can serve our own population. And this comes from, you know, my patient's perspective. They've told me as well, you know, language is a barrier. And although you have a translator service there, they've told me they're like, they show no interest. They're like, yeah, yeah, you know, this dietitian used the translator, but I didn't pay her no mind. And it's because they can't relate, right? Mm -hmm. uh, person doesn't know their food. They're not you know, familiar with the cooking methods. Uh, something as simple as bouillon cubes, right? We use bouillon cubes for a lot of our things, right? For our caldos, right. for our rice. And so when I'm working with somebody that's on dialysis who has high blood pressure, um, someone else wouldn't know that bouillon cubes is what's causing this high blood pressure when they're trying to figure out, hey, what's going on with this person? Why can't we get this blood pressure under control? And the first thing I typically go with is like, hey, are you using these bouillon cubes? Um, so I've definitely found that that's a big challenge. Oh, I, I agree. And we're just, we're going to know things that other, you know, healthcare providers are not going to know. We're going to see things in a different way. And I think that's a great way that we can benefit that population. Of course. Um, so uh, going a little bit more into that, what are some foods that you feel from our culture or your culture are associated with health, like are seen as healthy, anything that comes to mind? 
fruit, of course. <laughs> the first thing people want to eat is fruit. Fruit is great, right? It has tons of vitamins and minerals, uh, but obviously it also has lots of sugar, right? Obviously we can balance it out. Um, but yeah, there's also um, a lot of, you know, we'll do some teas whenever somebody's sick. Definitely have a tea for everything, right? Different herb uh, for everything, but they work, right? So it's really great for that. Um, when someone's feeling sick, caldo de pollo, which is chicken soup. And I mean, there's studies to show that this works, right? Um, it's loaded with carrots, celery, onions, potatoes, corn, uh, great sources of vitamin C. You have antibacterials in there as well coming in from your onions um, and antioxidants and minerals to help build that immune system to fight off the viruses and also help your body recover from the illness quickly. I agree. I feel like anytime I've ever not felt well, like, oh, take a, a tea de manzanilla, you know, mm -hmm. or um, I remember when they would tell me, like, eat some honey. And at the time I would feel like, why eat some honey? But, and you know, you learn later on, like, well, it's antimicrobial, it helps coat the throat. Like there's, there's a reasoning behind yeah. what we, we do. So many like old wives tales that have, mm -hmm. that unfortunately there's no studies behind them, but they work. You know, we're so used to like Western medicine, but I mean, our own foods have been helping cure some of our illnesses for a very long time. And just now we're kind of throwing it out of the, you know, out of the way, but it, it needs to make a comeback for sure. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's the research that hasn't caught up to. <laughs> exactly. We just <laughs> need to help doing forever. So I'd love to talk a little bit about what you do personally, especially in your private practice. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to me a little bit about your niche? Okay. So my niche is basically a lot of busy professionals here in Houston, right? I had a lot of people coming up to me, a lot of friends, especially um, who are reaching that age of 30. They're very busy and they want to lose weight, but not so much for the aesthetics, but more so for the health reasons, right? They're starting to see that their health is very important. Um, and the majority of my clients, thankfully, are Mexican or of Mexican heritage. So I love it because I'm able to incorporate our Mexican food back into their diet plan. Um, that's probably my favorite part of my practice is when, you know, I tell somebody like, hey, you know, yes, you can have that tortilla. When they go to a carne asada, you know, I'll tell them, hey, yes, you can have the tortilla. You can have, you know, the, the meat and then let's add some vegetables. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's the gist of my practice. I think the biggest, um, I don't know, realization for me in these recent years was all the vegetables that's just in our food, because it's just something I take for granted, you know, like adding salsa on top of everything or when we're making like tinga, like there's, you know, everything yeah. has vegetables in it. And since other populations aren't aware, they think like, oh, you guys never eat vegetables. You never eat salads. You never eat. No, like. The veggies are already in there. <laughs> yeah, especially our onions, our peppers. We aren't aware of it. So it's great. You're able to help the Mexican-American population and people mm -hmm. with Mexican heritage. Um, I know a lot of us first-gen are now entering into that business space. We're that busy professional. Mm -hmm. How do you modify things for the busy professional? How do I modify for them? 
my intake forms are very, very like tedious, uh, but it's because I want to know how they live their day to day life. Right. Um, when they wake up with kind of like the first thing they do, do they eat breakfast? Do they have coffee? Just so that we can make small changes, right? A lot of people fail in a lot of diet plans because they're trying to make these drastic changes all at once. What I go in and it's, I see, okay, what is your biggest pain point? What is your biggest issue? And where can we start, right? So I'll go in there and try to figure out where we can start and make those adjustments. And they typically start seeing changes immediately. That's awesome. What's What would you say is like the biggest pain point um, that you help them with? The biggest point is um, knowing what to eat and when to eat it, right? Um, a lot of them do skip meals and they think that's how they're going to lose weight. Or, you know, they they follow a diet plan that they followed years ago that worked for them and it doesn't work anymore. Right. Um, so figuring that out and just making little tweaks and changes for them, it, you know, it's very gratifying. I do. I notice that a lot. And even me being a dietitian, knowing like I need to have my three meals a day, yeah. some days just like you can't fit in, you know, you got busy and you weren't able to have lunch or you weren't able to have breakfast. Like it, yeah. it happens. So it's good to prepare them for those situations. Yeah, because I mean, they're, they're thriving in their businesses and in their day to day career. So like, let's fuel, you know, let's bring in some fuel through your nutrition so that you can keep thriving. Absolutely. And I know, um, for a lot of professionals or business professionals, they have to, you know, eat out a lot when they're taking out clients, things like that. How do you help? How do you help them navigate um, eating at restaurants for weight loss? So what I do is I'll tell them like, okay, we're going to go ahead and deep first off, find out what restaurant you're going to, right? Google the menu so that you can start seeing so that when you get there, you're not kind of frustrated. Go to the first thing that you're used to or just go for the salad, right? Because most times we think we're on a diet, we're going to eat a salad, but there are other options. So I do give them tips and tricks on how to choose um, healthier food options. And then also asking for your methods of cooking, right? If they see this dish and it looks so great, but it's fried, hey, simply ask, can I get this, you know, roasted? Can I get it sauteed? Can I get it, you know, grilled instead? Um, just to cut some of those calories. Those are great recommendations. Mm -hmm. And then you, I know on Instagram, you're the Houston foodie. It's fitfoodie.nutrition. I feel like I'm a foodie myself. Are there any Mexican, Mexican-American places that you like to go to? So I'm very biased (laughs) to Hugo Ortega. He's like my favorite chef. I go to all of his restaurants and I love it because it is very authentic. And every time I go there, it reminds me of Mexico. I feel like I'm in Mexico. Um, It's not Tex-Mex. It's very Mexican. He has Hugo's, which is a traditional dishes from different regions in Mexico. Sochi, which is my all-time favorite, which is dishes from Oaxaca very different from anything you'll try. Uh, Urbe, which is Mexico City street food. He also has caracol, which is a coastal seafood. And then another one that this chef doesn't have uh, is cuchara, which is also Mexico City type food. Um, and you'll probably, you can find me in a lot of these restaurants most of the time because they're, they're delicious. 
I think out of all of those, I've only been to Cuchara. So you've given me a list. Yes. <laughs> you have to try them. And that's my biggest concern is um, when people recommend, you know, Mexican restaurant, especially obviously if they're not Mexican, they recommend places that are like Tex-Mex. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I'm looking for when I want a Mexican restaurant. So exactly. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I do want Tex-Mex, I do go to Lupe Tortilla because they have like the best lime um, fajitas and then their mm-hmm. chocolates are to die for. So I would go for them for Tex-Mex food. Any final comments uh, as far as this cultural food, your culture, your niche, where can people find you? So people can find me at foodie.nutrition on Instagram. I also have a TikTok that I'm kind of starting up a little bit again. It's called HTX Fit Foodie. Um, And yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll add all that in the show notes. And Michelle and I recently went to a Mexican farmer's market Mm -hmm. and talked a little bit about food there. We went to El Bolillo, which is a Mexican bakery. Um, and then we're, I'm going to post about that on Instagram. So if you want to see a little bit more about our foods, uh, follow us there. And thank you again so much, Michelle, for getting on here with me. Thank you for having me. A big thank you to Michelle for being a guest on our podcast this week. I invite you to follow her on Instagram. Her handle is fitfoodie.nutrition. And I also invite you to follow us on Instagram. It's Food Culture Curious, and it's the same on Instagram, TikTok, and you're welcome to join our Facebook group, Food Culture Curious Dietitians. Until next week. And now for a quick disclaimer, Food Culture Curious is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not take the place of medical advice from licensed healthcare professionals. If you need to seek medical advice, please speak to your healthcare provider. Thank you for listening.